Hello and welcome to T4L Kids, Technology for Learning. This is the Digital Magazine, Issue 13, Term 2, 2023. And this edition is titled Food and Farming, where we're going to show you how to grow a school garden, design a soil robot, save food waste, learn about First Nations farmers, and create a class cookbook. And this is all going on with a beautiful front cover graphic of two students in the garden showing us their best gardening skills. And this is a New South Wales government publication. First up on page two, here we have the welcome note. Hey there, T4L kids. And this is from Linda Lazenby, Director for Digital Teaching and Learning. We want to solve the future of farming. Is it possible to grow vegetables with less land and more air? Could you start a school garden? What can we learn from our First Nations farmers? Meet some fascinating experts from the world of food, gardening and farming and take a leaf out of their book. Share your fantastic ideas with us and go into the running to win a micro bit for your classroom. And next up, we have some helpful quotes from the team under the title Recipe for Success. What have you grown successfully and then eaten? And this is from Joachim. I'm growing micro herbs on my kitchen windowsill. And Yvette, I have loads of passion fruit this year. Time to make some passion fruit curd. And last up is Lauren's. Baby tomatoes are fun to grow and delicious in pasta. And just a quick note for teachers, this edition of T4L Kids is supported by comprehensive teacher's notes to bring the challenges to life in your classroom. Popping on over to page three, we have a title, Meet Professor Salah Sukarai, and he is a robot inventor. Professor Salah Sukarai is Professor of Robotics and Intelligence Systems at the Australian Centre for Field Robotics. As an engineer, he is using robots and artificial intelligence to change the landscape of farming. And we have six questions for the professor. First up, what is agriculture technology or agritech? Now, this is technology that helps farmers. It can be sensors to monitor soil health or plant growth, energy efficient tractors, or drones that assess if there are new plants or diseases or perhaps smartphones that can be used to control irrigation systems. Number two question here, how did you get involved in agritech? I've always loved engineering and technology and the environment. Meeting farmers, I started to understand the complexities of farming and their struggles. And question number three, do agritech robots just live on land? No, drones are agritech robots and people are starting to look at underwater robots for aquaculture. Question four, what are the next challenges for agritech robots? It's important to understand how appropriate the technology is for each type of crop. Using a robot on vegetables is very different to using a robot in tree crops or around cattle. And number five, would agritech robots work in school gardens? Yes, it means we will get the next generation of agritech farmers ready to work in very cool farms of the future. And number six, serious question here, robots or dogs, which is a farmer's best friend? Dogs, but the robots help farmers to free up time so they can spend more time with their best friends. And we have a little quote from the professor. The robots we're talking about are electric or solar electric and can move around the farm on their own. And this is autonomously. They have sensors on board to help identify weeds, pests, crops, and animals. And they have the tools that can do things like planting, weeding, and spraying. 
And at the very bottom of page three, we had some examples of these agri-tech robots. The first is Ladybird, and this was our original robot for the vegetable industry and used for research. Next up is Ripper, and this was used operationally on many farms around Australia. Third up is Digital Farmhand, and this was designed to work for small holding farmers in Australia and overseas. And last up is Swagbot, and this was built for the cattle industry. It can herd cattle and navigate uneven landscapes. Turning on over to page four, and we get to meet Kylie Kwong. She is a chef, cookbook author, and local farmer. Kylie Kwong is a famous face in Australia. You may have seen Kylie on MasterChef, her own cooking shows, or even have one or two of her cookbooks at home. Kylie is a passionate chef who cares about where local food comes from and caring about her environment. And we have some questions for Kylie. First up, what do you love most about being a chef? Cooking is my love language. Feeding people is my way of expressing my love and warmth to others. Now, what's your hot tip for making any dish better? Always cook with produce that is in season because it will be super fresh. Therefore, it will taste its very best. It will be affordable because it will be in abundance and it will suit the climate in which you serve and eat it. Next question. What are some of your favorite local or bush ingredients to work with? I absolutely love the Australian native bush mint, which grows in our local organic vegetable garden in South Everly. Planted by proud Kanjanbura man, Clarence Stokey, it has a eucalyptus type aroma, a tiny, pretty dark leaf, and is versatile in cooking. Apart from its deliciousness, it allows my chefs and I to pay respect, acknowledgement, and support to the local First Nations community. And why is using local food better for the planet? I love telling diners about our magical garden, especially how the students of our local school, Alexandria Park Community School, helped us plant and harvest over the last year. For me, that garden reflects true community and sustainability. There have been many hands and hearts in that garden. There are zero food miles involved. The food, plants and herbs are as fresh as it gets. And what's your favorite piece of tech? My favorite piece of cooking equipment is my bamboo Chinese steamer basket set because I love steamed food, like steamed fish with ginger and shallots or steamed prawn hagos. Over to the next page now, and we have it titled Our First Nations Farmers. Our First Nations Farmers were the original innovators. Could you incorporate some of these farming practices and ingredients into some of your ideas for the upcoming challenges? And first up is cultural farming, sometimes called fire stick farming. This is when First Nations people burnt small areas of land and grasses. This encouraged more growth to return, created new food sources for animals, and protected Aboriginal people from bushfires. Next up is fish traps. Aboriginal fisher people changed water levels in creeks and waterways to trap fish and eels. As eels could often slip through, they also made eel nets out of grasses. These early methods of farming are over 40,000 years old. Next up is fishing in the Sydney Basin. Gadigal people used shellfish to fish with. They cut the shells and molded them onto hooks to catch fish. They looked like lures as they were bright and colourful. And harvesting by the stars. Our First Nations farmers used the stars to work out their harvest times. When certain stars rose in the night skies, they knew it was time to pick various crops. Next up is bush foods. 
Now, bush foods are more popular and readily available than ever. Could you grow them in your garden or add them to your dishes? And here we have some tips and some options. First is Rosella. Next is finger lime, Illawarra plum, native mulberry, blue quandong, lemon myrtle, pepperberry, ruby saltbush, warrigal greens, samphire, and sea celery. And if you're foraging or growing some of these foods, try looking them up using a microscope attachment on your phone or using this link to the Plant ID app. And last up, a little quote here from Kylie Kwong. I love cooking with native salt bush, native Davidson's plum, and native warrigal greens, all of which work beautifully with Chinese-style cuisine. And we have some tips from her cookbook here. So check out Challenge 4. Moving on over to page six and seven now, we have our first double page spread and our first challenge titled Grow Your Own Food. Industrial large-scale farming across the world has a huge impact on our land quality. The way we farm livestock and harvest our crops takes a toll on our soil and water systems and creates carbon emissions. Below are some of the key problems around farming today. Could you find a solution or become a micro-farmer? How can we grow food without leaving a huge footprint on the earth? Can technology like aeroponics help us feed more people with fewer resources and create less waste? Next up, we have a table, and this is split up into three problem, issues, and possible solutions. And our first problem is large-scale livestock farming. Now, the issue with this one is carbon emissions, land erosion, and soil degradation and maybe some solutions. Could you create a robot to assist with improving soil moisture and quality? Our next problem is food miles. Now, some of the issues here are carbon emissions and decrease in food quality. Considering the solutions now, think about how far has your food traveled by the time it lands on your plate? Can you source or grow food closer to home? Check out this link and read our interview with Chef Kylie Kwong for ideas or check out foodmiles.com. Our next problem is large-scale crop farming. Now, this requires large amounts of land and water. Thinking about solutions now, do farms need to be traditional? Could you grow crops with air rather than soil? And this makes us think, could aeroponics be the solution? Aeroponics gardens, like the one above, and we have an image here of our aeroponics kit garden, use much less water than traditional farming and leave a smaller footprint on the earth. These systems use recirculated water in much smaller quantities than a normal farm requires. Small gardens like this also mean that you can pick local produce and save on food miles. And last up, our final problem to think about here is food waste. Now the issues with food waste is excessive landfill and people who need food are missing out. So some possible solutions. Perhaps create a strategy to buy less food and use more of what you have in the cupboard. Or take our food waste challenge. Click on over to page number eight to check that out. Now we've got you inspired and taught you a little more, time to become a micro farmer. And this is the first part of our challenge. Design and create a small garden for your home, classroom or school. Brainstorm your ideas with your team on a jam board Explore options like aeroponics or start small with a micro herb garden on a windowsill. Plan your garden and crops out in 3D using Minecraft Education or Tinkercad. 
And here we have some three links. First is plan your garden in Minecraft education. Next up is design your garden in 3D tools. And finally, plan your garden with a Jamboard. So check out those resources to learn more. And next up, we have a graphic with some helpful questions. What space could you use for your garden? What materials will you need? What food would you like to grow and eat? And lastly, plan a timeline. When will you harvest? Part two of this challenge is create a campaign. Share your farming goals on a poster or infographic like the one on the right. And here we have an image of an infographic within an iPad and explore how in the influencer issue of T4L Kids. And this will run you through the steps to make your very own. Finishing up with part three of challenge one, and this is share your micro farming adventure. Keep a progress video or photo diary of your garden. Explore photo documentary making with the iPad and click that link or collate a list of tips for gardeners. Perhaps share and publish your garden on a Google site or create a podcast about your garden. Try cooking with your crops and see if you could capture some recipes or even a class cookbook. And just a little teacher's note, book an aeroponics kit and check out the resources and lessons here. So make sure teachers click this link. Now it's time for page eight and nine, where we have our second challenge. Challenge number two, reduce your food waste. Food waste is a huge problem in Australia. Every single one of us wastes around 300 kilograms of food a year. We actually throw out a third of what we buy. This wasted food ends up in landfill where some of it decomposes. Could you come up with some strategies to create some less food waste? And here are some facts titled, What a Waste. An Australia household throws out over 7.3 million tonnes of food waste per year. And 92% of household food waste goes to landfill. This decomposing food waste creates methane, which is more toxic than carbon monoxide in our atmosphere. But not to worry, there's plenty of ways that you can help. First up, research Australian organisations like OzHarvest. Do they tackle food wastage on a large scale? Collect your ideas on a jam board and think about how you could apply it to your school community. Also explore the statistics from Clean Up Australia on food wastage in Australia and see if you can recognise patterns in the data. Collect your own data on food waste and use it to create an infographic to build awareness around making changes to the way we shop and consume and write an action plan, an information report, or record a podcast to share your findings with your school. And here's a link, become a food waste influencer and make a change for good. And check out this link for more info. And remember, document ways to decrease food waste at school and home in the zero waste world in Minecraft education. Or finally, maybe you want to start a food drive. Do you have tinned food in your cupboard gathering dust? Organize a food drive at your school and donate tinned food to local organizations in need in your area. That takes us over to challenge three, and this is challenge design an agribot. Farmers have always used technology, including robots, to help them with growing and harvesting. Could you design a robot to improve farming, soil health, or even measure soil moisture for better farming? Explore the farming robots on page three for more brilliant ideas. And we have an image of a futuristic robot farming in the farm. And tiny tech, 
powerful solutions. Micro bits might be small, but if you apply what they can do on a large scale, you might be able to solve some of the larger scale problems with farming, such as degraded land and soil, land affected by drought, floods, and much more. Check out a microbit smart farm by clicking this link. Also, check your plant's soil moisture and make sure they're getting enough water regularly. And here, click a link to build a soil moisture meter. And lastly, learn more about using the virtual microbit and see what you can create even without a real microbit. And this makes us think. So here's some things to think about. Brainstorm farming and land problems and think of solutions. And try a Jamboard. Create a team and explore which kinds of tech you could use to support this problem. Build a list of pros and cons. And finally, share your ideas with a farmer or with us. And last little point here, and this is the bottom of page nine with the heading, Sowing the Ideas Seeds. Explore some of these data sets and use the information to spark your creative solutions. Learn about tech on the farm, design your own farming drone with the Royal Agriculture Society, and take a tour of Tokul Virtual Farm. Turning over to page 10 and 11, where we have the final challenge number four across a double page spread. Now this one is titled, Create a Class Cookbook. Create and publish your own class recipe collection. Create a cookbook, launch a food-based podcast, or build a recipe site. Collect stories from your family and gather the stories behind the food that you love most. Looking down the page, we have some images. Our first is with a child, with their grandparent, cooking in the kitchen. So gather stories by interviewing, recording, or transcribing recipes from family or community members. The next image is a couple of chefs, professional chefs in a commercial kitchen. With your team, decide who is going to do each job and what you will produce. See what's cooking above. Now we're looking above and we have another title, What's Cooking? The first is create an ebook. Now you want to do this with recipes, pictures, and stories. Next up could be launch a podcast, series with recipes, interviews, and sound bites. Maybe you could produce a short film series shot in your home kitchen. See Diva's amazing home video on page 11. And lastly, write and share a weekly food newsletter. Our next section on page 10 is titled Food for Thought. Will you include all meals, such as entrees, mains, and desserts? How will you gather the information? Will you interview your family members or people in your local community? Will you test cook the food before you publish the recipe? And here's a tip. Take photos and grab personal advice from the cooks in your life. Are you using any food from your kitchen or school or community garden? Is there a hero ingredient? Are you using any indigenous foods in your cooking? And here's a little quote from Kylie Kwong. My mother taught me how to cook at five. Being of Chinese heritage, food and family is at the center of all that we do. I never wrote down recipes until I started writing cookbooks. And a couple of tips from Kylie. Write down a basic framework of your new recipe. Measure every ingredient carefully and document each step of prep and cook. Over to page 11, where we have part one of this challenge. And this is hunt and gather. Will your class collection contain simply recipes or will it include interviews with family chefs or stories about where the recipes come from? Will you have pictures? Do you need a photographer or illustrators? Could you record some audio for a podcast or create a cooking playlist? 
Next up is kids in the kitchen. Which countries do your class recipes come from? Create a jam board of countries or drop pins on Google Maps and build a global picture of your class. Build a cookbook team and assign jobs, a writer, photographer, website builder, podcaster, and anything else. And last up is get busy in the kitchen. All right, our third little part here of challenge number four is plate it up and dish it out. Design and publish a digital cookbook by using Canva, Sway, or Pages. Use these links to see more. And use all of these to gather and present your recipe. Next up is build a Google site and collect everything from photos, recipes, and interviews. Why don't you open it up for submissions from other classes or the wider community? And create a food blog or vlog, a video blog, and document your recipe gathering processes and showcase your cooking. And over in the bottom here of page 11 is spread the joy. So then you want to launch your cookbook at a community morning tea, or maybe showcase your creation at a grandparents' day. Maybe hold a food fair and cook the food for your friends. Or maybe just print the copies of your digital cookbook for the school library. And last up is this section called Kitchen Diva, where we have 10-year-old Diva from Sydney who loves to cook. Watch her make yummy fried rice and get tips on making your own cooking show. And here we have a link to Diva's video. That takes us to our final page, number 12, titled, Are You a Green Thumb? If you love thinking about food, whether it's where it comes from or what your next meal is, you might be interested in one of these career pathways connected to food and farming. First up is garden designer. Professional gardeners and landscape designers use lots of tech to plan their designs. Not only can they organize what plants go where, they can also overlay irrigation plans and plan any structures to be built. Can you plan a garden design in Canva or Tinkercad? Next up is a small scale farmer. Could you take your school or community garden to the next level and sell the crops to raise funds for an even bigger garden? While you're gathering your current crop, why not start planning your next crop and plan a salad day or food festival at your school? Next up is a food technologist. Food technologists are the magicians behind many of the foods we eat. Not only do they explore the nutrition behind what we eat, some of them engineer smells and tastes down to the molecular level. They also can help us with the storage and refrigeration recommendations. And last up is a chef or caterer. Do you love cooking and are you good at organizing a kitchen? Perhaps you can use your creativity to put together a three-course meal. Chefs and caterers cook for small and large groups of people, run restaurants, and even work at special events with certain types of food. And that is it. We've come to the end of issue 13 of T4L Kids magazine. This was the food and farming edition. I'm Jacob Druce. Ciao for now.